Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studios at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm excited today as we continue our study in the book of First John, chapter number 2. And this will be our 10th broadcast, I believe, from this second chapter of the book of First John. It's amazing how you have such a small little book of the Bible, and you cannot exhaust this thing. You just can't. You can get. Uh, you could stay in this book for years, no doubt about it. You you just can't wring out a scripture. You'll never get it to the point where it's dry. There's always more water in that well. And thank God for His inexhaustible word. There's no book like this book. I hope you're having a great day today. I hope you've been praying, walking with the Lord, and spending some time in His presence. And I tell you, that'll help everything in life. Most folks you find that are discouraged. Most folks you find that are depressed or defeated, bitter, backslidden, they focus too much on themselves and not enough on the Lord. Now, I'm not trying to be harsh or hard because I'm there myself many times, but that's the truth in my life. I have to ask myself, what am I focusing on? What am I making much of? Am I emphasizing self over the Savior? And when I get my eyes on me, boy, I get down. But if I put my eyes on Him, it doesn't matter the circumstance. I feel okay. It just helps because here's what you realize. He's on the throne. He's in control. He knows what He's doing. And thank God He's never failed and won't start today. That's something He doesn't have in His vocabulary is, uh, uh uh-oh, my bad. I made a mistake. He just doesn't do that. And thank God for God. I hope you're having a great day today. And let me say this. We've been studying for a long time now through the New Testament verse by verse. Maybe you're just now joining for the first time, and you say, well, I've missed a lot of studies, and you have if you're just now catching up with us, but here's the good news. You can go to wherever it is you find your podcast, whether it be Apple, Spotify, whatever, and you can go there, type in Striving for Revival, and you can subscribe for free to our podcast, and you can listen to every Bible study archived and available there on the podcast. That will help you. That way you don't miss a thing. You can you know, listen quickly. You can rewind, fast forward, pause, go back, and, and re-listen. It's just it's a blessing, and I think it'll be a help to you. And we've gone from, I believe, Ephesians now up to First John. We'll go back and get the rest of it here as well. But uh, we just kind of picked up there where I was reading in my personal Bible. Bible study one day, and we haven't quit yet. And so we're in 1 John today. 1 John chapter number 2. Today we're going to begin reading in verse number 24, and let's see what the Word of God has to say. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Now, let me stop and say that's always what the false prophet's out to do. The false prophet is out to seduce. He's out to persuade. He's out to pull you from the truth toward himself. That's why you should vet every source of spiritual, quote-unquote, spiritual information that comes to you through your social media, through the radio, through television, through 
hearsay, through a conversation. You should vet the source, and you should really ask the Lord to give you discernment and pray about the motive. And you should pray, are they trying to draw me closer to God or closer to themselves? Too many people have ulterior motives, and they're trying to win someone to themselves. That's not the true man of God's motive. That is not the true Christian son of God's motive. We don't want to draw attention to us or draw people to us. We're not trying to win their affection. We want to draw their attention to the Lord. John the Baptist wants him to decrease, right? And the Lord to increase, and that would be my desire, and that ought to be yours. But you can mark a crowd that's trying to win you to themselves, seduce you. Right, like a snake oil salesman, like a uh, like someone out there, uh, you know, would be a oh, like a proverbs will talk about that wicked woman, that strange woman seducing one, and you should watch out for that crowd that's trying to win you to themselves for their own gain. They'll use you as merchandise, make merchandise of you, the Bible talks about, and then they'll leave your life shipwrecked. And he said, now I've written you uh, these things to reinforce truth that you already know, to reinforce principles you already hold to, so that you can get those things firm in your soul, get those things fixed in your spirit, so that this apostate crowd, this backslidden crowd, this devilish crowd, this antichrist crowd, won't seduce you away from your stand. Boy, I see it happening all the time in our generation. I see it happening among preachers, and uh, they might not be young, but they're novices in the Spirit. They have no discernment whatsoever, and they just chase after trend instead of standing for truth. I'd be ashamed to have a man like that pastor me. Never knows what he is. He's turning around like a termite in a yo-yo, up and down all over the place, like a top spinning on our table, just looking for whatever's fresh and new and exciting. No, we stand on truth. We stand on conviction. We don't want to be seduced. We don't want to just follow after that which is hot in the minute or flashy in the moment. No, stand upon Bible promise, Bible truth. So he said, these things have I written you concerning them that seduce you. Now, he said, let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. He said, you hold fast to the truth that you got in the beginning. And by the way, I challenge you to do the same thing. If it was good enough to get you in, it's good enough to stay with till the end. If it was good enough to get you in, it's good enough to stick with throughout the race. I mean, if it got you started on this way, it's good enough to keep you in the way and help you finish the way. So just stay out of the way, say amen right there, and hold fast to that which you've been given from the beginning. You were given a King James Bible in the beginning, stay with it. You were given soul winning in the beginning, stay with it. You were given the local church in the beginning, stay with it. You were given pastoral authority in the beginning, stay with it. You were given a separation in the beginning, well then stay with it. You were given praying, uh, 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 praying meetings, then stay with it. Uh, you are given uh, an old-fashioned choir and a hymn book, then stay with it. Don't trade out what you were given in the beginning. Don't let that which just comes on the scene in the moment seduce you and pull you away from the truth. Just because it sounds good or feels good or looks good or is popular doesn't mean it's godly, right, or biblical. Amen. Stay with it. Verse 27, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. Now, somebody, the Holy Spirit's in you to give you discernment. That's right. You and I, we often don't tap into that source that gives us some spiritual wherewithal and understanding to make our next step in life, the Holy Spirit of God. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. You don't need these so-called theologians. You don't need some social media expositor. <laughs> you don't need this come-on-the-scene flavor of the day, uh, you know, wannabe spiritual genius and giant to give you direction in life. You've got the Holy Ghost of God within you. You just need the Scripture and the Spirit. That's it. The Spirit will give you discernment. Amen. The Scripture will give you some, uh, give you some direction. 
So you can understand these things as that same anointing teacheth you all things and is truth and is no lie of the Holy Spirit. He, he will bear witness to the truth in your life if you'll be sensitive to him and not quench him. Even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. So John reminds his audience, Jesus is coming. And here's a scary thought. When he comes, some will be, in, will be ashamed when he appears. Why? Because they gave way to false doctrine. They left their first love. They caved on their convictions. And when they see Jesus face to face, they're going to be ashamed. I guarantee you this, you'll not be ashamed of Jesus for, uh, when he comes. You'll not be ashamed in front of Jesus because you live too holy. You're not going to be ashamed in front of Jesus because you loved your Bible too much. You're not going to be ashamed when Jesus comes because you went soul winning too often. You're not going to be ashamed when Jesus comes because you tried to sing songs that had too much doctrine in them. You're not going to be ashamed when Jesus appears because you put too much emphasis on the local church. All right, so he commands us, continue in him like you've been taught. Continue in the truth. Why? So that when Jesus comes, we can be confident. We don't have to hang our head and say, oh my word, I wish I wouldn't have believed that or done that or changed. No, just be faithful in doctrine. Be faithful in practice. Be faithful in philosophy. Be confident and not ashamed when Jesus comes. And now he goes back to his earlier thought, the end of the chapter. You know that he is righteous and everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. All right? So he reduces it down. He said, doing righteous. He's talking about doing the right things, holy things, godly things, walking even as he walked. Back in verse 6, he said, is an indication that one is actually born again. By their fruit ye shall know them. Righteousness. Righteousness in living and righteousness in doctrine are key telltale signs of born-again Christianity. There'll be a crowd out there that names the name, but they don't have anything to back it up. They say it with their lips, but they don't exemplify it in their life. And John said, you mark that crown. You stay away from anybody that would seduce you away from the truth of Jesus Christ. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.